0: We are going to continue in our morning of worship with communion, and uh, the way we do this is we have four stations set up around the room. Uh, After our morning gospel reading, uh, we're we're going to have a moment of silence to kind of reflect on the passage, and then a slide will come up, some music will be playing, and at that time you can move to one of those four stations, take the bread, take the cup, and then you can either stand there and take your communion, or you can take it back to your seat and take it as you wish. Uh, we are going to be reading from Luke chapter 14 uh, in, a, in a passage that talks about uh, putting others first, putting others before us, and putting their interests ahead of ours. Now, during that, that minute of reflection, I want you to think about people that you can put ahead of you in your life, or you can think about the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus did, because he, d- he didn't just give us instructions without backing it up. He... Gave us the ultimate sacrifice. He died for us, showing us that he put all of us, because he loves us so much, he put all of us ahead of himself. So reflect on that during our moment of silence. Again, this is Luke chapter 14. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked their places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you'll have to take the least important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or your sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. God, we thank you uh, for this day and for sending your son to die for us, God. I, I pray uh, as we enter this morning uh, that, again, we would take that sacrifice uh, in full in full effect, that we would realize just how much that means, how much that matters, and that we would, uh, again, be able to, to follow in Jesus' footsteps. God, we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, this morning we have uh, a great honor. We have uh, another guest speaker and today it's Don Yost. All students and uh, for years and years have known Don as someone who is always smiling. I don't think, I mean I, Elam and Naya may tell you a different story but I've never seen Don truly angry. Uh, Don, is, Don is a very, uh, very cool guy and I'm telling you what, if you know Don and he has your phone number, I guarantee you at least once a week you've received a text saying, hey man, you're awesome. You're doing a great job. Uh, Don is, again, he's, he's been an unbelievably faithful servant with our students, uh, but we have uh, a problem. The last time that he was on this stage, uh, Don's persona changed a little bit. He was in a suit of armor and he was known as the figure during day camp. Uh, Basically, Don, the nicest guy everybody knows, got to play Satan during day camp, Uh, which still is just the irony kills me. But uh, so the last time he was up here, he was booed unmercifully. So instead, I would ask that we welcome him uh, in a much more kind and loving way this morning.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, the the last time that I was up here... I remember getting off the stage and going to the back and Brian was sitting right there and I sat there and, and John Beaker got up and he started saying, oh, you know, for Patrick, everybody yelled for Patrick and everybody yelled for Patrick and everybody cheered for Cameron, everybody cheered for Cameron. And then what did John do? He said, and what about the figure? And everybody went, boo. And so I sat back there and, and I looked at Brian and he goes, that the first time you've ever been booed like that before? <laughs> Well, uh, when Dennis first asked me to come up here and speak, take one of the sessions of the summer series, I, I of course first said, no way, um, but that was, that was just a brief moment there and I said, sure, without a doubt. Uh, you see, it, w- with him and I talking, we noticed that about eight, nine years have gone by since there was a series that talked about getting out of the boat and that really made a huge impression on me. It had me looking at, at my life and wanting me to, I wanted to, to, to live out that dangerous life for God. And so I have to thank Dennis for, for giving me the opportunity to be up here and to live out that life. Uh, I also have to thank you. Uh, hearing that a first timer is going to come up here and speak, uh, being able to sit through you know, the struggles that I'm going to go through, uh, I'm thankful for that. Uh, so I'm very thankful that you're here. It's a privilege to open God's Word with you, and it's very humbling to me. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we come before you this morning, and uh, we thank you for these opportunities. We thank you for the open doors that you've provided in our life. We also, Lord, we think of the closed doors that we get to talk about this morning. And uh, Lord, I pray that that the words that uh, come out of my mouth, out mouth are from you uh, that I am just a vessel for your message lord and uh, that each one here uh, can can take something um, from what i have to say today i thank you for this watch over us lord in your name amen so the first thing i need to do is talk about in talking about closed doors is it's very important and i have to ask you two questions that i want you to answer for yourself the first question is one, have you accepted Christ as the Lord and leader of your life? And two, do you believe that God, God's Word, the Bible, is perfect and true? See, to fully comprehend the message of closed doors, I believe you have to answer those two questions yes without hesitation. Closed doors for people who don't hold these two truths can be full of pain and despair, and hopelessness. Without a firm foundation rooted in God's promises, closed doors can rock you beyond what you can bear. In contrast, though, for all of those who answered yes, closed doors can bring peace. It can bring joy. And a closeness with Christ If we think back to the first week when we heard John Beaker read to us Revelations 3-7, it says, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and when he closes, no one can open. You also might remember another famous John, John Ortberg, and he stated this, Open doors are opportunities provided by God. To act with God and for God. We went on to hear from some great men, men that I look up to, uh, speak about open doors and what it means to recognize them, what it means to, to really embrace them, and to walk through the threshold of those open doors. But I'm here to tell you that closed doors are also opportunities provided by God to act with God and for God. Think on this. Some of the greatest doors are those that never get opened. At times, we can look back at the results of these closed doors and be incredibly thankful for the results of their closing. But we are human, and most of the time we, we run up into a closed door and we get mad. You know, why, why is this door not open? Why is the door that I want open not opening? We think we know better. Why isn't God on the same page as me. I'm here, where is he? We think God is punishing us. What did I do wrong? Is he even here? Today we get to explore four examples of closed doors while putting ourselves to the side and searching for what God has to say about them. Closed door number one. It's knocking at the wrong door. Sometimes doors remain closed because they're the wrong door. It's the wrong thing. In the Bible, we've seen some wrong requests. We think of four big-time players in the Bible. We think of Moses and Jeremiah, Elijah and Jonah, who we heard about last week. They all asked God to take their lives. They were done. They were fed up. But how did God respond to those, those requests? See, we can, some of us can relate to those requests. We get burdened. We get depressed. We feel hopeless. We see the end as the only light. But God's answer to that is no. Four resounding no's for those four men. And when the smoke cleared and the clouds rolled back, and those men came to a clearing amidst all the bleakness, don't you think they were thankful that God closed that door? In Matthew 19, we read of a rich young man that came to Jesus asking what good deed he must do to inherit the kingdom. In addition, he explained to Jesus that he had gone through, he followed all the commandments. He was a good man. How did Jesus respond? Let's look in Matthew 19. It says, Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. How did the young man respond? But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. This man had great intentions, but his heart was longing for the wrong door. He wanted all the comfort that his riches could provide, but he also wanted the security of a savior. You see, He had his hand firmly on that that door of his riches. He was holding on to that doorknob. All the while, God had put a door right in front of him, wide open. It was an invitation that he decided to walk away from. He decided to hold on to his wealth. See, knowing that your request is in line with Christ's promises and that his way is the way is what is required of us as Christ followers. Close door number two. There's something better. I love the example of the, of the life of Joseph that God given us in his word. See, for Joseph, early on in life, life was good, right? So he was the favorite son. Brian and I can attest to that.
2: <laughs>
1: Sorry, Tyler. He's really good up here. He can sing. He, can, yeah. he also had this really cool technicolor coat, Right? He didn't sing on Broadway, but God would even talk to him personally in his dreams. Life was good for Joseph, right? Let's take a closer look. First closed door. This part of the story is found in Genesis 37. It says, yes, the man told him, they've moved on from here, but I heard them say, let's go on to Dothan. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming they recognized him in the distance as he approached they made plans to kill him Here comes the dreamer they said Come on let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him then we'll see what becomes of his dreams Closed door As the story continues Reuben and his brother Reuben his brother kind of steps in and spares his life But eventually even that doesn't doesn't bring him back to his father. He's sold a couple times. He ends up in the possession of Potiphar. Now, Potiphar was one of Pharaoh's right-hand men. And the cool thing is, is that Potiphar realized right away that God was with Joseph. He saw that whatever his hands were on, whatever he was involved with, worked out well. And so what did he do? As any good boss would do, he gave them more responsibility. He put him in charge of his whole house. So everything's good, right? No more closed doors, right? Let's go to the second closed door. Genesis 39, 7 through 20 says, And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master, trust me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said, but when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her, so he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Can you believe this? Joseph's now in prison, and he didn't do anything wrong. But the Lord was with Joseph again. Soon, Joseph's, he's kind of heading up the prison, right? So the prison, the head prison guard sees that once again, God's with him. And so he puts him in charge of things. Two of those things were two of Pharaoh's officers. Pharaoh had sent them to prison. They'd done something wrong. And the head jailer said, Joseph, they're yours to watch over. So... At a certain point, these two have dreams, and Joseph's able to interpret those dreams. And the only thing he asked of them was, remember me when you go back to see Pharaoh. So, I mean, he's thinking, right? Everything's good. I'm going to get out of here soon. They're going to go back and see Pharaoh. Third closed door. Genesis 40, 21 through 23 says, Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the order of the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. How many of you would have made it past the first closed door? How many, how many would make it past the second, or maybe the third? So why all of these closed doors for a man that was clearly, to those around him, clearly walking with God? God said it had something better. You see, Pharaoh had some time after some time, he had a dream, and none in his court could interpret that dream. The cupbearer then remembered. And Joseph was soon summoned to go to Pharaoh to interpret his dream. After interpreting his dream, Joseph got the hugest promotion you could imagine. He was now second in command over all of Egypt. Only by the throne was Pharaoh more more important. And because of this, he had the opportunity to save his family. See, now that door would have never opened without many other doors closing first. Close door number three. I need to grow. Okay, now this is where I get to talk about my family. Some some of you know that I come from a large family. There's there's 14 kids, and uh, I'm I'm number two. I'm the I'm one of the top dogs, oldest boy, uh, and uh, so our house was always filled with somewhat chaos. It was always busy. There were always I, people were hustling everywhere. Uh, it seemed to me like there was a new kid showing up at our house every day. <laughs> in reality, it was probably every two to three years. Uh, there's a there's a really cool story I have when uh, Misty, my wife, when uh, we were dating, she came up to surprise me on a Valentine's Day, and she she comes in and it's a big surprise, and she's like, "Let's go, let's go out to dinner," and and uh, so we we I, I quick. Get ready, and we're heading out the door. And there, right, right by the door, is a baby seat with a kid in it. And she goes, "Who's that?" I went, "I don't know. They showed up this morning." (laughs) So, to say the least, things were a little bit, bit, bit hectic. But see, when when you grow up in a family like that. There are some closed doors that happened for me, some, some doors, some closed doors that I was very thankful for, because those closed doors provided me the ability to have the passion for the young people that I do, to see young people learn and know about Christ. Dennis last week talked about the young people that are in our church, and uh, Brian had already alluded to the fact that I've, I've been involved with the youth for a while now. And uh, I tell you, it is, it is one of the most incredible things that, that I've been able to, to accomplish, to, to be able to be a part of. Um, you should be very proud of who you have leading your students. Brian has done just an amazing job, and he brings out the, the fun, and he, and, he, and he gets the learning, and he gets these kids to, to want to know God better. And I've been able to be a part of that. Uh, I, told the, I got to speak at Green Lake for the kids that was nerve-wracking, too. Um, and I told them all as they were sitting there, all 70 of them, uh, I said, you know what? It, right now, it feels like I have 70 kids because I care about each one of them so much. And I, I, I think that comes from my, my upbringing and, and the, uh, the having 13 siblings. Now, Paul is another great example of this type of closed door that leads to personal growth. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. It says, So to keep me from becoming proud, I was even given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to uh, torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, Paul took that closed door of that thorn. He didn't want it there. He didn't want that thorn in his side. But God left it there. He left that closed door, and Paul grew from that. He grew closer to God through it, and he was also... He grew to be an example for all of us about God's grace. Closed door number four. God has plans, I don't know. When pondering this example of closed doors, let's look at two fundamental verses. Isaiah five nine says, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We have to remember this verse when the sinful mind tries to bring in doubt, insecurities, resentment when we come to a closed door. What does God's word say about how we react to a closed door? Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. If we break that, that verse down, rejoice always. Rejoice means to show joy, delight. And what's the clarifier there? Always. It's not just when times are good or when you feel like it. Pray continually. Continually means constantly, without hesitation or interruption. How's my prayer life? How's your prayer life? How was, jo- how was Jonah's prayer life? We heard that the other day. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now this flows from the first two, and it states that not just in some circumstances, but all circumstances. But why? Why do we have to act this way? If we go to the last part of the verse, it says, For this is God's will, for you who belong to Christ Jesus. God says, God has plans for you. He has plans for me. His plans for your kids and your loved ones. His plans for the people in this church. And he has plans that we don't know. But what we do know is how to act as a Christ follower, and that is without hesitation. Looking into the Bible, we see how this is played out for Abraham. Now, a little background a promise was made to Abraham, right? He said he'd have many descendants. Now, Abraham was 75. He was older. How is he going to have all these descendants? Now, time passed, and still no kid. Sarah, his wife, was having problems conceiving, and 10 years later, still no child. About 25 years after God's promise to Abraham, Abraham and Sarah are blessed with Isaac. But let's look what happens next. If we look at Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. You see, it took time for that first closed door for Abraham and Sarah to open. He had promised Abraham, and it took time for that door to open. And now God's testing Abraham. He says, listen, take that open door that I gave you. Take that beloved one that I gave you. It's time to close that door. It's time to obey me. And so what did Abraham do? Let's look at verses 9 through 13. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham! Yes, Abraham replied. I'm sure he was waiting. Here I am. Don't lay a hand on your boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its thorns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. See, God had plans that Abraham didn't know. But Abraham followed without hesitation are you struggling with a closed door right now? Did you come in this morning mad at God? Maybe not sure why he's not on your same page. Maybe wondering if he's even there. Well, let me tell you, God knows closed doors. The most supreme example of this is found in Luke chapter 22, verses 41 through 42. It says, he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. See, he withdrew from them, right? He didn't want this, but he wanted God's will to, be ha- to happen. God sent his son, Jesus, down to earth to be a living sacrifice, holy and blameless, for the sins of every man, woman, and child. He came to suffer and die for me and for you. John Ortberg writes, This is the most desperate prayer ever prayed from the most discerning spirit that ever lived, from the purest heart that ever beat, for the deliverance from the most unjust suffering ever known. And all it got was silence. Heaven was not moved. The cup was not taken. request was denied, the door remained closed. Praise the Lord the door remained closed because that opened up a door for me to have a relationship with God. That opened up the chance that I get to live my future with Christ. Now we've talked about four main main doors, main closed doors, uh, and what God's word has to say. And this is what I want you to remember. God's promises are true, and he is always present. Closed doors are opportunities for you to do God's will, whether it be in a different direction than what you wanted, to move on to something better, to grow closer to God, or to learn that God has plans that are out of the reach of our human minds. Be joyful. Be empowered. And know, as it's stated in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you now and we are, we are so thankful for uh, your words on closed doors. Uh, we're so thankful that... Uh, you're always with us. Lord, you're omnipresent. You're there always. And Lord, we can thank you that, that in these times where we hit closed doors, Lord, that we have the chance to look, look around, and to find out what exactly you want us to do with that closed door, whether it's turn a different direction, Lord, or maybe it's learning, learning something new, growing closer to you, Lord. Maybe it's just something that we don't know what's around that corner, but we know that you do. Lord, be with us as we, as we look at open doors and then we, as we look at closed doors and help us to, uh, to, to do what you want us to do with those. We're so thankful for this time in your name. Amen.
0: Let's thank Don. <laughs> Our servers are going to be coming to receive the morning offering, and as they do, uh, we have several announcements for you. The first being the one that I promised earlier. As you entered the room this morning, there was a video playing of one of our previous baptisms. Now that is coming up very soon. It's in two weeks. And again, we are super excited uh, for that day. It's a uh, great day that we get to go down to uh, the park down in Shanahan and again, celebrate with those who have made a lifelong commitment to God, uh, and showing it to everybody uh, through, through the act of baptism. Now, if you are interested in getting baptized, uh, there is actually a class uh, that's going to be going on on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, that will uh, help you, again, kind of understand everything that we do, everything that it means. Uh, so if you are interested, go ahead, uh, fill that out on your card and if the basket's already passed and you, uh, and you didn't get a chance to write that down, you can take it to someone at the front, one of our greeters, and we'll be sure uh, to get in contact with you about that. If this Tuesday at 7 doesn't work for you, that's okay. We can uh, set up a uh, different arrangement. We can schedule something with you individually. Uh, but we want to make sure that you go through that seminar or get a meeting in place uh, so that uh, we can be ready for you uh, in, in a couple weeks. We also have... Uh, a bunch of journey groups coming up. Our journey group registration is open and ready, so if you look at your folder this morning, uh, there's a long list of available options. There's all, uh, all kinds of things uh, going on. So, what? It's not open just yet. All right? Uh, so, ju- because it's not open yet, uh, how about you just read over all the, d- d- the available options? Uh, and thanks, John. I'm sure that came from the row behind. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, We're getting back into the swing of things here. All right. Um, Again, there are all kinds of options. um, for Just something for everybody. Again, New Connections is going to be rolling again. Um, There's a group for 20-somethings, for older than 20-somethings, men, women, working women. You know, there's all kinds of really uh, great options. So go ahead and check that out. And again, sometime in the near future... These uh, registrations will be opened on SouthfieldChurch.com, and you can go ahead and get signed up for those. Again, uh, if you haven't been a part of a journey group yet, uh, we really encourage you uh, to to get involved uh, because, again, it the, those close relationships that you build uh, in those groups are just they're invaluable. So, again, uh, be sure to be sure to pick out which one you want to do. And if you have any questions at all, again, you can find um, someone who's on staff, anybody who's involved in journey groups. Uh, a, do not see a list of leaders on here so you can't ask the individual leaders uh, but if you have any questions again you can ask our greeters and we'll uh, be sure to help you out now again uh, next week is labor day we will be here we will be uh, ready to go so again um, we are um, we were going to do our high school water day tonight and again the dunk tank was not available but we do have it finally scheduled so It will not be next week. We are actually off next Sunday for Revive. Refuge will still go on on Wednesday, but we're off uh, for Revive. Then Baptism Sunday, and then the following Sunday, September 18th, is when we will do our big water day. So again, the way things are looking, it looks like it's going to stay hot for a while, so that's good news. Uh, But high schoolers, just keep that in mind. We are officially set, ready, finally uh, going ahead with our our great water day. If you all would, uh, please stand, and we'll close in prayer. God, we uh, we thank you for for the message that you gave Don to deliver us uh, to today. If any of us have come up to a closed door, I pray that um, we found an answer today. That now uh, now that we've heard uh, this message, we'd be able to to see our closed doors in a different light. To see that you do have better things planned. That you that your picture is different than ours, and that's for good reason. Um, God, as we Exit this summer series and enter the fall. Uh, I pray that, again, you would move in the life of our church, that you would uh, continue to grow, uh, to grow us through journey groups, through baptism, uh, through everything that we have coming up here, God. I pray that, again, you would just make Southfield um, a place of, of your power and your strength so that we can go uh, share that love with the world. God, we pray this on your name. Amen. Amen. You guys have a great Sunday.